So what, what you're about to listen is a spontaneous conversation with Daniel Curry. Daniel is someone I consider a true icon of what it means to be from San Marcos. He's all about art, community, and loves the river. And he recently participated of the Texas Water Safari, also known as the World Toughest Canoe Race. It's 260 miles starting from San Marcos and going all the way down to the Gulf of Mexico. Just to imagine the dimensions of this adventure, this took around 70 hours. That's almost three days of non-stop paddling, no sleep, and tons of mental strength. Check it out. Okay. Get a sip real quick. Yeah, yeah, you can... This, you can take as many breaks okay. as you okay, need. Okay, cool, cool, cool. This is all good. Yeah, cool. this is all good. Yeah, we, we pushed hard today on our training. Yeah? It's good, though. Like, I just got a new boat that I've been getting handmade since February. Um, and I always go out every Wednesday. It's part of our training run is to go out on Wednesdays and all the guys that do the teams for the race, uh, we go solo against each other and we try to race each other. Uh, and I've always had this older beat up boat and I finally got my new boat. And so the past two weeks in a row, the guy that always beat me, I've beat him twice now. <laughs> uh, okay. When you say you got a new boat, um, what kind of boat are we talking about? Uh, it's a 21 foot long solo carbon fiber canoe, uh, built by hand. What was the name of the old boat? The old boat? The the name of the boat was Atlantic 2. That's the design of the boat. But this is did, a, this did you name it? Oh, uh, I don't think I did. Oh. Uh, we named our four-man four boat Mialgar. Mialgar? Uh, Mialgar. Are you going to name the new one? I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do you have any thoughts on the name? Uh, I don't. So far, it's been a her every time I've referred to it. So that's, that's maybe go feel, from right? there. Yeah. Boat, boat names should be female, right? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Okay, can you tell me your name and who you are? Uh, my name is Daniel Curry. Uh, I race the Texas Water Safari. I love canoeing. Um, I've been in San Marcos since 2001, and I'm, I'm here. I love the river. So if I had to describe you, I I would say you're a proper San Martian. Like you're yeah. San Marcos. <laughs> if, if we have to put San Marcos in a person, it would be pretty close to what you are. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I like that. I like that. I yeah. like that. Personally, I met you at Selix, yep. um, bartender, and super nice, and... As people can see, it, it has gone a little bit beyond bartending in Salix. Yeah. So thank you so much for being here. Absolutely. And, and coming and sharing this story that you were telling me last, oh, I think it was last Wednesday, and Music Loud and all that. I said, like, okay, you know what? I think this is a really good story. I want you to have a, I want us to have a nice conversation and, and I want to talk through this because yeah. this is su something that I'm super interested And I really want to know your take fresh, right? Because this happened recently. Uh, yeah, second Saturday in June. So we're about a month away. So what's the name of the, of the race again? Texas Water Safari. And it's known as? The World's Toughest Canoe Race. Is it? I, Spo it's the spoiler, toughest one I've ever done. Toughest like. one I've ever done. Uh, I do know that there's people that do different races all over the country. And they will come here and they'll do really well in those races and try to do this one and not even be able to complete it. Um, it's, it's a pretty difficult race. This past year might've been the most difficult on record. Uh, there's argument there, but, uh, very, Is very, this because of the draw? very low water, yeah. uh, no current at all. Uh, and then s extremely hot. Uh, and then the topper off was, uh, the bay had four foot waves in it for days on end. Usually it's like, it'll be a little rough at night and then you get a break in the morning, but it was just nonstop craziness. So a lot of teams were getting out there and, 
some were doing really well. Some were sinking their boat. It's, it's really difficult uh, in a smaller boat, say a two-man, to compete against four-foot waves and 25-mile-per-hour wind in your face. So th from what you say, there's, there are many categories that you can compete in, Yes, right? yes, yes, so yes. in which category did you compete? Uh, it would be unlimited. Unlimited? Unlimited, what, yeah. What does that mean? Unlimited is three to six mans. I've heard of seven mans, I believe, in the past, but I haven't seen any of those ever. Uh, so three to six man team, and I believe it's all male would be unlimited. I think there's a mixed unlimited. I, I might be wrong about that. I'm, okay. not, I'm not positive. And then there's a two man and a was solo. Two man, solo, and then there's male and female categories, mixed categories, and then you get into the different types of boats. Like a C1, for instance, doesn't have a rudder on it. Or you can have solo and limited, which is going to be uh, you know under 21 feet with a rudder on it. Okay, I'm going to ask you a lot of probably dumb questions. No, yeah, yeah. But for example, in, if there's a race, three man versus two man versus solo, yeah, who would win? Depends on the same paddlers. Boat. Same boat. Depends on the paddlers. Oh really? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. so there's no advantage, not a clear advantage of having extra people in the boat. There is, but there's solo paddles out there that can beat a three-man for sure. No, no, but I mean, I'm talking in, in average, like competition level, for example, uh, athletes. Yeah, uh, I would say I guess my it, question depends, is, it depends on the length of the race. Uh, and if you're doing a race like the Texas Water Safari, I would go for the three-man team most likely because in a three-man team, one person can get a chance to take a break while the other two paddle. In a solo, you take that break and the boat stops moving. I guess my question is, can two men row faster than the fastest men? Uh, well, I... Th oh, is there a, like a, a, another, um, an increased speed that comes from two men rowing together that one man could never achieve? Uh, I... I I don't know. Again, it's going to be about the paddler because I believe the fastest record ever for the Texas Water Safari is a solo boat. Uh, but now... The most recent races I've seen, the six men win all the time. Okay. In the Olympics, for example. Yeah. When they, when they are in the pitch, right? Yeah. And there's a solo man. Is the, t the time better than the two-man boat or the three-man boat or not? Do you know that? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> because it's, 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 it's tough. It really depends on the athletes, too. Like, it, it's, it's, I know I'm kind of repeating myself there, but, like, there are some guys that are just, you cannot, you're all in a boat paddling. And you're, you're watching that guy, and you'll have the same strokes, same everything, and somehow he will be gone away from you in five minutes, and you'll never see him again. So you competed in the open division, more or less? Like the, what is yeah, that? yeah, it unlimited. Unlimited, sorry. Unlimited, yeah. How many people were in your boat? Four men. Four men. Four men total, yeah. Do you mind naming them? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was uh, me, Daniel Curry, then Greg Frank. Uh, I've had, I think, like five safaris with him. Uh, my frontman Derek Lee. This is our third together, and then the newcomer was Austin Bowden. Okay, so I, from what you say, there's a front. There are specific positions within the boat. Yes, yes. Can can you explain that, please? Oh uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, so you have your bow, which is your your man up front, uh, and these boats are really long. So the our four man is 37 feet long. So the bow man up front is calling stuff to me in the back. I'm running the stern rudder, so I'm steering from the back, but I've got 30 feet of boat in front of me, 32 feet, however you want to call it. Uh, and I can't see everything, especially with three other guys sitting in front of me. So they'll call stuff out, and then the guys in the middle are mostly just the engines. You're just powering. Uh, but those positions are exhausting. So after doing it for a prolonged period of time, we'll swap out. So you'll get to an easier, flatter section. Everybody will swap out in the boat. But, for example, you have a, like the perfect team assembly. Well, we've been doing it, this team, for a while. We swapped, we swapped out one guy usually. Uh, me, Greg, and Derek uh, have been doing... 
this race for a while. We all started together around the same time. So we've been friends, we've been paddling together and then getting in the same boat. We've, we've grown and gotten much better over the years. So how long have you been with this team? Uh, well, minus the one guy, this was our third race in a four man with Derek and Greg. Uh, and then we kind of have just been swapping one person out every year. Uh, this year we did really well though. So, uh, we'll see what happens. He's next probably going to stay. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, hopefully we got top 20. So I'm really happy about nice, that. Nice. Nice. What's the name of the team? Uh, the team this year was called Fuzzy Nuggets. Is there a story behind the name? Uh, kind of. I mean, every year we just start training, right? With no idea what our team name is going to be. And then we're out there, we're having a good time. We're goofing around and we'll just start kind of throwing stuff out there. Uh, and then just kind of try to figure out what, what sticks, what we like. Uh, we'll tend to make lists and then we just kind of bounce them around. And then the day before registration priests increase, we're just like, all right, guys, we have to decide right now what our team <laughs> name is going to be. And I think it was like furry nuggets or hot furry nuggets. And then someone said fuzzy. And then we just, uh, there was an agreement, fuzzy nuggets. Some people weren't crazy about it. But we're like, all right, this is what it is. The registra registration fees are going up. We're, we're signing up. <laughs> so the race was in June 20th, more or less? I believe it was the 12th, second, second oh, Saturday. 12th, sorry. 12th or 13th, yeah, something like that. How long before did you start like properly training with your mindset already in the race? February. February, you start? In, end of February, we are, I mean, we like to have a lot of fun. We're going out there, having a good time, but we took it a lot more serious this year. Like, for instance, the last year that we, we did the Art Four Man, we did three training runs the prelim race and raced. <laughs> so we didn't do a lot of practice this year, every single weekend from February, all the way up to the race. Every weekend we got together in the four man boat and paddled. Uh, and then all the guys were getting out and going solo on solo runs like this Wednesday thing I was telling you about. Uh, we go out and race each other to try to improve our endurance. And then and this is once other. a week, at least the solo twice, uh, the solo once a week. And then the team once a week. That's amazing. I mean, that, that's a lot of work and a lot of time. It is getting getting all those people together with our team captains who are going to help us drive to the drop us off and then come pick us up. And in six hours uh, and we're doing all the sections from here to Gonzales. So it's the first 85 ish miles of the river and we're doing them multiple times over and over again. So we have it memorized so that nothing surprises us. So we don't go around a turn and end up in something that's going to tip the boat or whatever. I was going to ask you, do, do you feel you have an, a little bit of an advantage because you're a San Martian? Oh, compared to people coming from out, out of town? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Because the, the river changes so much. The first 85 miles, twisty, turny, especially in low water, you can be surprised going around a turn. And if you're in a two or three man boat and you tip over and you're in deep water, that's 20 or 30 minutes of recovery time. Plus you're using a lot more energy to pull that boat to shore, dump everything out and get going again. So it's a lot more than just wasted time. You're wasting energy as well. So yeah, it's definitely a big advantage. And so during the training, what, what would you say is the key? I guess consistency, just getting those miles. Consistency, getting miles in, learning how the team works, learning the river together, um, and then just improving technique. Improving technique and seeing when someone is maybe doing something at, you know, they're 25 miles into, you know, a really good workout and then something starts happening you notice it because you got four guys you're like hey man this is starting to you're starting to slip up a little bit here or you know get out of get out of your paddle stride a little bit off um and it's, it's good to see those things before you're in a race you get into the race time and then it's an argument you're like hey man you're doing this and then he's like ah what are you talking about you know and then it's good to get those things out of the way prior that's just another dumb question this is two two rows two oars or one on each side so uh you can either do single blade paddling uh-huh or you can do a double blade paddle. And in your case? Uh, we, we use both. 
We'll single blade most of the twisty turny stuff, and then we'll come up to where there's a dam three or four miles in front of us. We'll know where it's at because we've been training. We'll switch to our double blades. We'll sprint that section out, and then we'll switch back to our single blades. Oh, nice. I didn't know you could do that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. The only... The only thing you can't use a double blade on is if you are going novice. Novice means it's your first time. You've never run the race before. You're only competing against other novice people, and you are required to use a single blade paddle in a two-man canoe with and no w- rudder. When you're doing single-man paddle, do you have to do one each side all the time, or you are alternating all the time? Oh, so it's typical to do 12 to 15 strokes on one side, and then we call what's a hut. It's known as a hut. And then everybody on the team hears it, switch sides. Okay. Uh, and because you have the rudder going, you're able to just keep going. Yeah. And you control the rudder usually. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the C1s, for instance, is what you're talking about. If you're in a, in a C1, which is a solo canoe with no rudder on it, you might get two, three strokes in, and you've and got to switch sides. And so you're constantly going back and forth. So you say you train a lot, a lot harder for this particular race? Yes, this is the most we've ever trained. So you were feeling quite, I mean, at least prepared for the race, for the game day, yes. right? Yes, 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 yes. Okay, how do you approach that day? I mean, you've been training since February Yeah. for six, five, it's, six it's, months, it right? It still makes me nervous. What, exactly, right? How, so there's so many things you have to control, right? One is the, the, the mental aspect and the other one is the physical aspect. Yep. Right? The physical aspect, I guess you lower the training load, right? Yes, yes. And you yes, try yes. to eat more and carb load and all that. Yes. Did, did, you, did you follow any particular plan or did you just... Uh, you learn a little bit more every year. You know, this year I was like carbo loading a little bit. I start taking uh, antacid or acid reducers so that I don't get an upset gut out there. I start that a week in advance. Um, and there's just little things you pick up here and there. This is, this is my ninth time to race, so I feel like I'm getting a little bit better every year. And then in the mental aspect, what do you do? Uh, What I've learned that helps me the most is to have everything prepared a week before the race. My first couple races, I was awake till 4.30 in the morning, like last minute. Oh, I forgot about this. Oh, I forgot about this. So uh, as soon as the race ends, I am starting a list on what I want to improve for next year and what I need to do for next year. I also have a list ready of this is what needs to be done. Lists are your best friend, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I constantly update them. And checking all the items in the list is yeah. such a mental yeah. piece. Oh, dude. <laughs> okay. So It's re- stressful. And there's so many things. I mean, you're literally gearing like, out for example, a whole boat. What? Uh, just like setting up the whole boat, like knowing where your paddles are going to be stored, knowing where your water jugs are going to be stored, to your food lists. Like, what am I going to eat at every checkpoint? What, what do I want at this checkpoint versus this checkpoint? We're going to be going 40 miles, so I'm going to need a little extra food here. And then... Communicating that to your team captain. Your team captain is trying to take care of four different people. So you have to make it as organized as possible. Yeah, but be, um, sorry. Because some people don't know this. This race is how long? 265 miles is 265 what's advertised. Mi- yes. Which takes roughly how much time? Well, uh, it depends on the river. Yeah. Uh, for instance, uh, our 18th place finish this year was in 70 hours. And I believe 18th place last year finished in around 46 hours. I'm not accurate on that. 100%, but somewhere around there. So because of the river conditions, we're out there for almost an extra 24 hours. So this is three to four days. Yeah, yeah. So then the packing list, I mean, it's huge. Yeah. There's a, a lot of food you have to take, a lot of water you have to take, yep. right? Yep. So what, what what goes in the list? Oh, uh, this year I did mostly liquid meals because I knew it was going to be really, really hot. Do you, uh, do you buy all together your food or each one of you buys your own, his own food? We each have our own food. Uh, then we will communicate to our team captain what we want at each checkpoint. For instance, I had Ziploc bags with uh, like a bag of olives, some gummies, uh, a meal bar, uh, maybe some, some sweet candies, and a Ziploc bag. And I get that at every checkpoint 
along with my spiz, which is a liquid meal replacement. How spaced are the checkpoints? Uh, some are maybe 17 miles at the lowest to the longest being 40 miles. And some of those long ones, you won't see your team captain for 40 miles. So, so this means you're eating every, what, four or five hours, more or less? Or how long does it take? Uh, it depends. So you get that yeah. bag, take it on your boat with you. I take my meal shakes with me on the boat, and I'll take two with me on a 40-mile, maybe three, and I'll drink them when I want to drink them. Uh, okay. uh, make sure they're nice and cold, nice down. Okay, so you have, the night before, you have all prepped, right? Imagine... Yes, I, I, hopefully. I, yeah. So, <laughs> but in this particular case, you had all prepped, right? Uh, yes, I think so. There's one or two things we might have forgotten. I can't remember what they are off the top of my head, but it was minimal compared to some of the years in the past. At what time do you have to check in for the race? Uh, so you have a mandatory check-in Friday. Uh, you sign up for a time. You meet with official. You have all your gear that's going to be on your boat. You write a checklist of everything you're taking on the boat, and... Then an official will come and check all that stuff, make sure you've got it. Uh, and then if you need to add anything to it, it needs to be done before the race start. Uh, then there's a meeting at 5 p.m. And they go over the race course with everyone. And then the next morning at 8 a.m., we usually show up. Race starts at 9. That's right. 7.30. Get there early. And this is a pretty big boat. How do you, how do you carry it there? Uh, we have a little box hitch like you see on the back end of a truck. There's one on the front as well. And the best way to describe it is like Philgo posts that lock in and the boat goes over the vehicle and sticks out about seven feet on either side. <laughs> okay, so then you go, right? You get early because you, you, you've learned with the years, right? You get there early to prep everything we call and you have to, I guess, set everything in the boat in a particular arrangement, right? Yes, It's not just which you've already there. determined in all your training. All your training runs, you've been taking all this stuff. So everything goes into its spot. Everybody's on board, getting their own section organized. And then when you're ready, usually about 8.30, we'll pick the boat up and go put it in the water. Where is the starting point? At Spring Lake. Spring Lake. Spring Lake. It's the only time they allow outside uh, canoes in the lake. So there's a, there's a cleaning thing that you have to do to your boat as well to make sure make sure it's uh, nothing but nasty is getting in there. How many teams were there? Oh. I think it was around 150 or 140. So it's definitely a view. Yeah. Right, there's 140 teams of people yeah. in the water ready yeah. to go. Solo to So much six. excitement, right? Oh, man. Yeah, it's crazy. Are people like cheering like crazy in the outside or, or? The whole riverbanks are lined from Spring Lake with, you know, five, six hundred people, however many there is. Uh, you come down through Sewell Park. There's people lining the shores just cheering you on. Rio Vista is always a spectacle because you have the chutes. Someone manages to shore their boat there almost every year. Uh, just going through the shoots and letting it go, and then something bad always happens. Uh, but there's people everywhere cheering you on, cheering you on all the way down. Uh, pretty much, you get out of San Marcos, then it kind of the cheering goes away a little bit. But does it take a little bit of discipline to not get um, carried away by this energy and, and yes. waste a lot of energy yes. yourself? Yes, 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 yes. Uh, Because you want you wanted to paddle hard, you know, but it's that's the race start. Everyone's going to full sprint, but then you got to calm it down a little bit. But fighting for position in the front is is very important. I've learned that recently because you, if you aren't in front, you're you're potentially going to be waiting for people to get out of your way or trying to plow through them, uh, especially coming over the first dam portage, uh, Spring Lake, and then going down to Rio Vista, and you've got Cummings Dam four and a half miles further down, and. If you have 10 boats in front of you, you're stuck there waiting or trying to find another route. So being in the front is essential to getting a good finish. Is there a particular way they line them up? Uh, so they do a prelim race. 
maybe a month before the safari. It's from Cuero to Victoria. I believe it's 35 miles. And your finishing position on that race determines your starting position for the Texas Water Safari. And that, does everybody have to participate in no, that race? No, you don't. You uh, don't. Uh, but if you don't, then you're, you're going to be the all back. the way back. Yeah. Did you guys yeah. participate? We did. And you were? We, we did really well. We got 12th place. 12th we ended place. up in row three. So you started in a really good place. Yes. So it's, yes. it's four rows of four people, I guess? Uh, it, I believe it's eight or ten in a row and then something like 27 rows or however, whatever the math works out to be. Are there any chances of bumping into each other in the Oh, starting? yeah, it's chaotic. Oh, yeah? It's absolutely chaotic. And is there, like, a good environment, like, sorry, 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 or is it, like, get away from me? It and... uh, depends on who you run into. Okay. Mostly people are not going to uh, be too aggressive towards you. I mean, it is aggressive, but uh, not, like, you know, they're not going to be angry with you, I guess. I don't know. Uh, but it is if, aggressive. If, if you are a novice boat and you get in front of one of the six mans that's trying to win the race they're going to run you over. <laughs> But why do you say it's aggressive? Uh, I mean, because it's, it's, it's the start. Everyone's got that, that uh, energy built up. You know, we've been amped up about this thing for months, and then all of a sudden you just take off, and I don't know if you've seen the videos. It's water splashing. All the boats that you see are trying to make it through two little uh, uh, portages, yeah. and there's just people bumping into each other, running each other over, people falling out of their boats. Uh, you've seen that? Oh, yeah. yeah Have yeah. you seen boats turn? Oh, yeah. At the beginning of the race? Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, what, yeah. A, what a way to start, huh? I know. My buddies did it a while back. They were in a two-man. They got flipped at the start in Spring Lake where the water's like 20 feet deep and their GPS sunk straight to the bottom. They oh, could see it, but they couldn't get it. <laughs> and then what do you do? Uh, you just go race. You oh, go race. You keep going. Wow. You don't need a GPS. So I've you, never taken one with me. So your start was good? Our start was really good. Really good. Our prelim start was good and our uh, safari start was good. We were joking about the prelim being probably our favorite race start ever because it's the river's so shallow that there's one little channel, and it's the river looks really wide, 50, 60 feet wide, but then you go around a little turn, and it's 10 foot that you have to get into, so people are just banging into each other. It was awesome. <laughs> so I'm a little bit maybe um, soccer-minded. Are there any teams here in San Marcos that you have kind of a derby with? Not really. No. Not really. No, no, no. Uh, and teams don't always stay the same. They switch up. So there's will be like, you know, one guy on this team and he gets three new guys or these guys get together like, hey, I know if we all get together, we could we could do well. We could get top 10. We could finish, you know. So there are people that are trying to always recruit new guys. There are some teams that stay consistent. But for the most part, I think everything is getting mixed up, you know. Sorry, something I missed. Um, for training before the race, do you have to also go to the gym or just rowing? I don't go to the gym. Okay. I, I know guys do. I know guys go jog, goes, go do different things. I basically just paddle. And I've been meaning to start yoga for four years so that my, my ass and my back don't hurt so much. I get more flexible, but haven't started it yet. So, so the race is 260 miles, 250 miles. Yep. More 265, is, 265. What, is what they advertise, yeah. From San Marcos until where's the end point? Sea Drift. Sea Drift. Town called Sea Drift, yeah. Which is where, more or less where? Um, I want to say it's by Corpus, like maybe by 30 miles or so. It's down on the coast. Uh, and it's, it's mostly a river race. But that's another thing that makes it really difficult is you get down and then you've got the bay to deal with. And you have to get out into big waves, winds. Uh, you've been on a river for three days. You haven't slept. You've been dealing with flat water. And now all of a sudden, you know, even, you might be going out there at nighttime. There's no lights out there. You can see some radio towers blinking in the distance. So you really have to... Uh, know where you're heading and then, you know, keep that mental fortitude. 
Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. I, I actually want you to, to walk me through the race. Like, so you, you, you have a good start, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you are being cheered by all the people all around San Marcos. And then it comes down, right? And then you start, like, I guess getting into the team rhythm, right? Yeah. And actually going for it. Um, at what point do you feel the first time you're tired? Usually the second morning. We oh, can, the second morning. Yeah, you, you can go all day, the first day, in my experience, it's, it's, it's difficult. But you're shaded somewhat. You've got nice, cool water. Um, then by the second morning, you're, you get out on the Guadalupe. The Guadalupe, the water gets a lot warmer. It's murky. It's brown. Uh, I feel like the water temperature is probably like 80 degrees. I don't know what it actually is, but I know that when you're out there paddling hard and you're like, I have to cool off, you'll jump in to cool off for a second. You can't really tell the difference between being in or out of the water until you start paddling again and the wind blows on you and you cool off a little bit. Uh, so it changes quite a bit on the second day. Okay, this, this year we were really focused on just trying to get through the second day. I thought you were going to say like, One hour or two hours. After, oh, no, after no, 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 no. So I have so many questions before that. Yeah. Right? So how do you go to a restroom? Uh, so we have a pee jug on our boat. It's a one-gallon jug with a handle on it. Uh, and we just pass that around. We wear tights with the, the crotch cut out, shorts over that, pull the shorts to the side, pee in the jug, dump in the river, do a double rinse, throw it back in the boat, and we just pass that around. Are you continuously wet all the time? Um... We tried to be this year because it was so hot. Uh, so oh. the, the heat of day two was absolutely brutal. So we were splashing water on ourselves constantly to try to stay cool. And then at night, you can kind of take your shirt off and dry out a little bit. Um, you don't typically want to stay wet all the time because your hands will start to prune. Your feet will start to prune. Things become painful. Uh, that definitely happened this year, but it's worth it to not get heat stroke. The feet get really bad. If you can imagine wearing wet shoes for three days yeah, straight, yeah. It's, gonna... it becomes painful. It's, it's a weird feeling of like your feet are kind of asleep, that tinglingness you get, but also like a sandpaper feeling. I don't know how to describe it. It's a strange feeling. And if you were to scrape the bottom of your feet, your skin will come right off. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. Do you, do you like bring a lot of change of socks or something just to try to keep them? Uh, or just going to get wet. Point, just just going to get wet and you bring yeah. more wet clothes on the boat so you don't really need it. Yeah. Some people do like to bring uh, uh, an extra shirt or an extra pair of shorts in a, uh, what is the airbag that sucks all the air out? Uh, vacuum sealed. In a vacuum sealed bag. Uh, and so you can put on a fresh shirt after the day. I don't do it. I just throw some more water on myself, keep going. Okay. And what about not being? Oh, pooping. Yeah. Ah, so if you got to poop, yeah, I've heard stories. I usually jump in the river and uh, take an aqua dump is what we call it. But, uh, But you're I, holding on to the boat, right? The boat doesn't stop. Oh, uh, we will stop for that. Okay. Or, or you'll hold it until like, say, for instance, this year we go around a tight turn. Oh, we got to drag the boat. Hey, guys, drag the boat. I'm going to poop real quick. Okay. And then you catch back up. Um, I've heard stories of some of the faster boats, the six mans pooping on plates or pooping on a paddle and then just flinging it into the water <laughs> but you're doing that while the other guys are paddling we're serious but we're not we're not that serious <laughs> yeah uh, too much <laughs> okay and then um so you, you mentioned you of, often have to get out of the of, of the water and try to sort some obstacle around or something sometimes i mean if you 
like the priority will always try to stay in the boat, right? Yes, yes. You want to be in the boat and you want to keep it moving always. always Because you always. lose so much time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But getting, there's some reader. Getting out, you're losing time. You're losing minutes. Uh, it is nice to get out every once in a while and stretch your legs. So it's not always terrible. Uh, you'll grind to a, a stop on a sandbar and then you've got to get out and drag the boat. Especially this year, we had to do it multiple times. And what about the dams? Dams, you have to portage as well. So... You can basically portage them however you want. Uh, you can't ride the boat over them except for Gonzales Dam. Gonzales Dam is a mandatory portage left. I'm not really sure why. I think it's because the put-in is a little bit dangerous, so they deemed it safer to go left. But other than that, yeah, you're, it's just however you want to portage it. Do you ever have downtime there? Like um, when you are waiting for a team to... Hopefully not. Hopefully But not. Did it yeah. happen, for example, this time? Yeah, well, like Gonzales, you'll get to Gonzales, and it's a lot of work getting the boat up. Uh, it's maybe a 60-degree incline and muck and mud and fire ants, and we're trying to drag this 37-foot boat up a, up an incline, but a solo man will come up by us, and he just hops out on the dock real quick, carries it up. Maybe he wants to take a breather for a minute. There'll be teams around, and you just, you just keep pushing on. So there's a, li a little bit of a traffic jam sometimes. Sometimes, yeah, yeah. And do the, do the people of the race consider that at the ending? Like they... Oh, no, no, no. no that's no, no, no. that's that, up to yeah, you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. absolutely. Figure it out. Get around or... And, and I guess there's a little bit of courtesy. If you got there first, you go there first. Absolutely. Absolutely. Nobody, nobody you, is going to... If they stop moving, though, you're going to push past them or push around them. Okay. Yeah. So in the water, it's all good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Never outside the water, passing a team or doing some cheating. Some well, sort of no, cheating. no, no, you know no, no, I mean? no. You can definitely go around someone. But if, like, say, for instance, I'm talking about Gonzalez again, they have a gate, right? And if someone's, like, pulling their boat up to the gate and you're trying to get through the gate also, you know, like, maybe let them go. I don't know if everybody's going to play by those rules. But the uh, etiquette would say... You're uh, not supposed to touch another, another team's boat. I'll say that also. So maybe keep away from... So you don't do that. I don't know. Okay, so... Um, second morning, you start to get tired, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. You, when you hit the Guadalupe River, yeah. there's more wind, the, the water is, is hotter, Yeah. more murky. Yeah. Okay, how do you push through that? Uh, I mean, you just keep going. You just keep going. That's there. There's a saying in the race is shut up and paddle, and it's just you just keep your head down and paddle and maybe complain a little bit, but just, <laughs> just keep going. Uh, this year, we, we sang some songs, and it kind of helped bring the morale up a little bit. You're feeling tired. Uh, it was it was nice. It, it What's the go-to song? Oh man, <laughs> is this is this is this? Um, you don't have to share it if if this is too private. Is this something from the boat? You don't have to. Tell no, me. I can't remember. The, I don't know the name of the song. It was it's something like uh, the the chorus is do a diddy diddy dum diddy do, and it's <laughs> so we would say there she is just walking down the street, and then everyone on the boat would do the chorus, and then we couldn't remember <laughs> the rest of the words, so then we would just make something up, right? <laughs> And it just gets everyone laughing. You're saying ridiculous things, you know, but it really picks the morale up for a couple hours. But most of the time you're you're silent, just paddling? Um, we talk a lot. We talk a lot to Are each you? other. Yeah, we, we take a radio with us, a little uh, uh, waterproof uh, speaker, and we will play that a lot, but we hardly played it at all this year. I, I think we had such a good team. We all got along so much, we just talked the whole time. In the radio, you play the radio, or is it a speaker with playlist? I mean, it's a Bluetooth speaker ah, okay, with okay, Spotify okay. or whatever, yeah. yeah. What, what is the playlist? Uh, just random stuff. I asked all the guys what they want and we just do a mix of stuff, uh, from like heavy EDM. Uh, we were doing a lot of reggae this year, dub reggae. Uh, we found <laughs> that dub reggae with our double blade paddling put us in rhythm. absolute rhythm and we did it for the whole prelim and just rocked it out. It was, it was great. So we did a lot of reggae. Nice. Nice. Maybe one day you can listen KCSM radio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And, and 
nobody goes like with with um, how do you call it uh, headphones. No. Uh, no, I do know of some solo people that will use earbuds, earbuds uh, yeah. just to have lighter weight stuff. Uh, I don't like doing it. I like to be able to hear my surroundings as well as music. So I've never taken earbuds. And when you mean the team is talking a lot, is it about stuff in the race or you're just talking? Just talking. Oh, really? Like just talking. Last night I, or the series yeah. I watched last... Yes. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Just all kinds of stuff. Yeah, I mean, you'll go out there and paddle with some people and you'll tell each other your life story in a matter of days <laughs> just talking. Uh, I mean, you just get like... You're not sleeping. Uh, hardly at all. So you just get kind of weird. Everybody gets a little weird and you just start bringing up weird stuff and talking about stuff. And, and then by night two, usually you'll start hallucinating and seeing all kinds of stuff. So that gets, that gets fun. Does it ever happen that you team up with another team and you just kind of go together and talk a little bit between boats? My first couple of years, I, my first three years, I went solo. Uh, I had no idea what I was doing. Uh, I did a, I, my first year I was in a 14 foot plastic sit on top kayak and I'm not moving very fast. And I'm out there by myself, and it's, it's, it's crazy. It's a little scary, you know? Uh, but finding someone paddling your same speed, uh, and then we just, me and this dude, just hung out and talked the whole time. You'll do that. You'll see people for, like, a whole day, and then they'll take a nap, and you leave them and come back. Uh, but, yeah, I've definitely made lots of friends out on the river that way. Nice. What do you do at night for light? Uh, we have a uh, – right now, it changes. Uh, but for the past two or three years, we've been really successful with a, a 10-watt – Uh, fully submersible ATV spotlight. Uh, and we have it mounted with a, a, a car jump start battery inside of a dry box. And so you have one light? Correct. And it's pointing? Straight forward. Straight forward. Yeah. And then I'll have a headlamp on in the back. So if I need to like look around a corner or something, and my, uh, my front man will have a, a headlamp sometimes as well. So it's pretty dark. Oh, yeah. yeah it's night. Nice. Yeah. I, I like running with the light off, especially this year it was in full moon. Oh, yeah. And you can turn the light off. You can just cruise, stay in the little light V that's there of the moon reflecting off the river and, and just cruise, man. It's real peaceful. And for water, what do you guys do? Uh, tablets or? Water? Yeah. Uh, so your, your team captain brings you water at your checkpoints. Uh, and so they'll just refill you. I wouldn't drink that river water down there. It gets, it gets pretty nasty. Okay. Can you, I, I, can you explain me what happens at checkpoints? So a checkpoint, you're going you're gonna to roll into the checkpoint. Your team captain is going to sign you and is arriving at the checkpoint. Then your team captain is going to, uh, you're going to toss them all your empty jugs, any trash you have. They're going to take all do, that. Do you get off the boat? Uh, you can get out and stretch your legs, cool off in the water for just a minute. It's, it's a, a calm place in the river? Uh, sometimes. Okay. Sometimes it's calm. It's not always the best place. Sometimes it's, you know, two foot of muddy water and then drops off or, you know, it's not, it's not always the best spot, but... Uh, they're usually where there's easy car access. So, and and there, there's uh, I guess a tent from the organization. Yes, with water. Is there a doctor as well? Or? They don't. They don't provide that. I believe they're they do have doctors. I'm not sure about that. I've never uh, needed uh, medical assistance. So they so. don't provide the water. No, 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 no. You so, have to have your own water. So somebody has to drive it. Your team captain. So your team captain meets you and gives you food, like those food ah, packages okay. I was this, about. This is something I, I, I didn't understand that. The yeah. team captain is not on the boat. No, 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 oh. no. No, team captain is on shore. I'm, so, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Team captain is on the shore. Uh, they're the ones that are responsible for all your food bags, all your water, uh, ice socks, whatever you need. They will bring you this stuff, meet you at the checkpoint. Uh, you have a GPS tracker on the boat so they know when you're going to arrive. Uh, they'll meet you there. They take all your empties. They, they refill you up, and then they send you on your way and then sign you out. Who was your team captain? Uh, my lady, Heather Toombs, and then Miranda Waite, who's been my team captain for, 
I want to say five years as well. She is Greg Frank, one of the guy on the boats, uh, uh, fiance. Absolute and legends, she's... right? I mean, they're they're saving your life. <laughs> oh, they're amazing. Oh, they are amazing. Absolutely, absolutely, wow. absolutely. Because they they are f free for days spending. Like, yes, like they're racing they, with you. They're guys. not sleeping yeah, either. They're I definitely think they, part I of the team. I think they slept maybe five hours this year out of seventy hours. Wow! And they're driving to get us stuff if we need. You know, medical supplies or whatever we need. They're having to go find a Walmart or whatever's open at three o'clock in the morning wow. and try to get us whatever. If we lost our Advil or you know whatever, whatever the case may be. Uh, so they're not sleeping either. They're they're out there hallucinating as well. Wow. <laughs> Trying to be as careful as possible. Wow. I wow. I'm just uh, like understanding the dimensions of how important the team captain. Oh yeah, are. yeah. Without them, it's it's not really possible. They they. Allow the team captains to give you food. I think that rule changed in 2013. You used to be required to take all your food on your boat with you. Wow. Um, I never raced for those rules, but I wouldn't know where they changed the first year, so I took all my food with me in 2013, and then halfway through the race, I realized I could get a cheeseburger. <laughs> I was going to ask. So I did. <laughs> do, you, do you ask for special requests sometimes? Like, yes. I, it, need, I need a moral boost. Can you yes, give me a... Yes. Uh, it's usually chicken strips. Chicken strips? Chicken strips and anything pickle. <laughs> that's pretty good that's pretty good <laughs> alcohol no not at all uh like no. a quick beer or something no or i've had beer uh during the race in the past uh it's kind of helped calm my nerves down a little bit i've had different random people like hey man this could yeah. be all right have a beer i'm like oh cool thanks uh but yeah usually no usually no okay so you say you're not sleeping right we we sleep minimally okay how do you, how do you do that Uh, so in our four-man boat, we wait till one of us is like absolutely just dr head nodding, like I am about to pass out and fall out of this boat. Uh, at that this usually happens the second second night. Yeah. Like by hour one, like forty something. Oh, who knows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and maybe we grabbed a quick nap on the first night too, just a quick one before the sun comes up. Because if you don't do that, and then the sun comes up, you it's hard to lay down in the heat of the day and oh, take yeah. a nap in a boat. Um, so we'll, we'll try to do, and, but you're working out so hard and your heart rates up, you lay down, you can fall asleep for maybe five minutes. I do this every time I fall asleep and I don't know I'm asleep. And then I'm shoot awake and I'm like, Oh, how long was that? What's going on? And they're like, you, it's five minutes, lay back down, lay back down. I'm like, okay. And then it'll happen again, five more minutes. And then they're like, lay back down. I'm like, I can't, I gotta go now. Do you have any, any danger of losing an oar? Yeah, absolutely. When, when you fall asleep like that? Oh, oh no, no, no. Like we're laying down in the boat. Uh, okay. uh, no, no, but like what you say, you, Sometimes you just fall asleep. Oh, no. We'll, we'll wait till we're nodding off. Okay. And then we're aware, hey, I'm nodding off. Okay. I'm going to lay down for a second. So you'll, you'll slide up in your seat, lay your head on your seat. You usually put your paddle across your chest and kind of hold on to it and then just pass out. Wow. And then how long does that, do you pass out for? Oh, like I was saying, like five minutes. Five That's minutes. It? Yeah. That's I, all you get? It's, I usually can't sleep more than that. Sometimes I can do 15. Uh, I think the most I've ever slept in a canoe moving is maybe 30 minutes. Sometimes you'll lay there for 30 minutes, just like resting. Resting. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and and that's, that, that plan is modified over the years. Uh, when I go solo, I would, I would lay down on the shore for an hour and a half or maybe try to get a three-hour nap. But like, as we're beginning more and more serious, we're trying to fine-tune the things that can get us then quicker. Do you guys train for that as well? The no sleeping? Yeah. Um, I mean, I have in the past and now I'm just like, we know what we're getting into. Uh, just my, hope my, my first solo race, I had no idea what I was getting to. My first time I did the safari, uh, I worked Friday happy hour at Zellix 
And so I would work <laughs> Thursday night, stay awake all night, and then go to work without sleeping, mostly because I wanted to see how my brain was going to handle to, you know, being awake for 24 hours and then still having to do my job and do everything. And I did really well. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and since then, it's just kind of just what you do. Was that the, the, the famous day at, at Celix they were giving free drinks? Well, I, th I think that's always tomorrow. Okay, so whenever, when, it, when any time somebody says, I need to sleep, you're, everybody's like, yeah, of course. It, if or, anybody or is it like, can you hold it? This no, is tough. No, no, no. So we know that we're doing something very difficult, and we all know that we're pretty tough about what we're doing. If somebody says they need something, they need it. It's not, oh, hey, try to be stronger or anything. If, if someone's having, hey, I'm feeling hot, all right, we're pulling over, we're getting in the water right now because you just don't want to risk anything. It's, it's, it's a serious thing. You know, if somebody's saying, hey, I need this, it's done. That's an, uh, something that's agreed before. And, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's just an unspoken Respect. rule. Like I mean, it, we, yeah. we set our goal as, number one goal is we want to get to the finish line, all of us as a team. And so we set that as our goal and whatever that takes. If, if we have to pull over and stop for two hours because there's a situation, that's, that's fine. We'll, we'll lose some places because we want to get to the finish point as a team. Have you had a situation? Yeah, we've I've dealt with heat exhaustion in the past. We've dealt with uh, like vomiting and stuff like that. You know, uh, stuff that can be pretty serious. And sometimes you don't you don't end up finishing the race. Uh, and it's unfortunate, but it's better to be safe than to you know keep pushing on. If one of the team members is out, the team cannot continue. No, no, no you can continue. You can continue. If one team is out, the rest of the team can keep going. That had had that happened to you? Uh it happened. To me, oh, maybe four or five years ago, uh, we were in a two-man, though. And so my partner went out with heat exhaustion pretty oh. bad. We were trying to take care of him, trying to get him going again. Uh, and it just it wasn't going to happen. And I still had maybe 120 miles left to go. I hadn't slept in two days. And I was just like, ah, I can try this, but I'm in a two-man boat with no rudder. Yeah. And it's going to be extremely difficult. And I made the decision just to call it. Uh, and we went home kind of sad that day. But, uh, you know, I kind of wonder what would have happened if I would have kept pushing. Yeah, always better to be safe. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 but still. <coughs> Sorry. I could have I I been that guy that finished paddling that solo boat, <laughs> or the two-man boat. Yeah, right? So you keep pushing, you keep pushing, keep pushing. Your, your advice is just keep rowing, keep rowing, keep yeah, rowing. Yeah, absolutely, going. absolutely. And then when you hit the bay, um, how much do you have left? Like energy? No, uh, distance. Uh, I want to say it's maybe seven miles. Oh, so it's, it's the last bit of the race. Yes. But is it, you would say it's the toughest? toughest? It, it can be the toughest, yeah, absolutely. This, last year it was. I mean, you're dealing with crazy winds. Every year it's different. Uh, this The previous year to this year, uh, there was a crazy storm, and some people were stuck in it, but they had six-foot waves and like 50, 60-mile-per-hour winds blowing. It was absolutely insane. Uh, one team got rolled in the bay, uh, and their boat surfed away from them. Oh, and they didn't find it to the next day, oh, so they man. they had to send a boat out to rescue them. Uh, absolute craziness. We stayed at the checkpoint. Uh, some of the guys didn't want to paddle, so we waited for the storm to pass. As soon as the storm passed, we hopped in our boat, and the bay was just absolutely glass flat. We we crossed the entire bay in an hour fifteen minutes. Wow. If you see another boat turn, do you stop and help them, or or is it known that is it agreed that you you continue on each boat? It's on its own. That that would be the more the rule. 
Uh, I guess it just depends on how you're feeling or if you uh, you feel like helping. Maybe y'all guys have had a good conversation the past couple of days and you're like concerned about this person. Or maybe you're just like, ah, they can handle it. They know what they're getting into, you know? I'd say every racer is a little bit different. Have you have you ever helped had had to help someone? Um, I want to say there's probably little things here and there, but nothing really. I mean, that's the other thing. After the race, things start to get fuzzy, and after you do so many, they start to blend together. Of course, uh, I can't really think of anything off the top of my head specifically besides you know little little things, nothing serious. Uh, but there's people who get uh, save other people's lives out there on the race. Uh, they have a, a an award called the Brad Ellis Award. Uh, it's for this guy, Brad Ellis, who passed away during the race a couple years back. And the award goes to anybody that goes out of their way to help another racer. Uh, so at the end of the race, people will either write in or think or email or however it goes, uh, inform them, Hey, I was out on the race. This is what happened. Uh, I, I remember one of the guys last year had his like leg or maybe this is two years back, had his leg wrapped up in a rope and he was in the water with his boat upright tangled in trees. And he was just trying to keep his head above water. Like thought he was going to drown. Another racer was able to come by and cut the rope free from his, uh, ankle wow. saved him. So, wow. uh, they got the award that he year. Got the award. Yeah. That's so uh, cool. Yeah. Huh? yeah. That's so nice. I love when they have those kinds of awards. Oh yeah. 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 I mean, it's a dangerous race. It's, you got to respect the river out there. And in the end, um, how spaced out are the boats? Do they is is it possible to have this movie ending like head oh to yeah head? oh yeah. yeah 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 it happens every once in a while but I think like first and second place were quite a ways away this year I'm not sure exactly uh, how close some of them were uh, me and my buddy who we were a little bit trying to beat this year he told us we weren't but we were trying to get there beat us by 15 minutes uh, but they were also stuck in the bay for hours with the with the waves being crazy. <clears throat> Our boat handled the waves pretty well, so, you know, we almost got him. <laughs> If you've seen him sprint? Oh, yeah. we were The bay was full sprint for three hours and 20 minutes. Uh, waves, like, coming up to our chest, salt water in your eyes. You don't even want to blink because if you miss a wave and miss a paddle, miss a stroke, the boat can roll. And if you do that, it's back to shore, dump all the water out, wasting time. What What's the strategy with the waves? You have to be as perpendicular as possible uh everyone's a little bit different some okay. people can just go sideways in them and ride them out just using their back muscles to slide um i try to keep things at a roughly a 45 degree angle uh going over the wave i use a little rudder to rudder up the wave and then slide down the backside. um and then the more sideways you go the more tippy things get but if you stay at a 45 degree angle you're going to end up way yeah. out in the ocean somewhere so at some point you got to make that call yeah, yeah. Uh, most of the bay is pretty shallow Uh, getting across the barge canal is what's sketchy because the water gets really deep. The waves are pretty big. And if you flip, you can't touch. So you're going to probably end up going back uh, to where you started and trying again. But if you can get across that, you can literally walk the rest of the way in. So in three or four days in the river, have you seen any interesting fauna? Oh, always. Uh, there's always something pretty uh, <laughs> to look at. Uh, my buddy Greg, he's uh, real informed on that stuff. So I'm always like, hey, what is that? Yeah. Oh, what is that thing over there? And he's like, that's the third time you ask me. That's da 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 Actually, I want to know, if you don't mind, what are the professions of each of the members of the boat? Oh, I, man, I'm not really sure. Uh, I think Greg, Greg is in landscaping right now. Derek... I guess I guess the, the question is not the professions. It would be more like the interests. You know, as you said, this guy's into animals and fauna and all that, and he's the guy, the guy pointing all that, right? Then you have another guy that is what? 
Wait, wait, I'm sorry. Like, what are what are the different interests within the boat yeah. of the different people? So you have this guy that it's the the fauna guy. Oh like yeah, yeah. He knows yeah. a lot. A lot he of knows animals. all the plants, all okay. the trees, everything, everything, everything. What what is the the other other guys? What are they? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> you have you have a funny guy. Ah, uh, man, me and Greg are the funny guys. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're always just trying to keep it light and and keep it fun. Uh, make sure everybody's having a good time. We're all just pretty spastic and all over the place. Uh, if we ever mess up on the river, we'll we'll all hop out and then everybody dances and we dance it off and then we hop that's, back in. Yeah. That's the routine. Yeah, yeah. If we if we make a mistake or flip the boat, or I mean, the boat's been flipped one time ever in three years, but uh, you know, we'll, something bad will happen. And then I'm like, all right, guys, we got to dance it off, dance it off, and then we'll all hop out of the boat <laughs> and we just dance, dance, splash around a little bit, and then we hop back in. <laughs> Dance to no music, just dance. Oh, we have music. We always have music, especially in training runs. We've got music turned up. What, a lot. what do you dance to? Whatever is playing. Whatever song. I thought maybe you had a, like. This oh, and like one specific song. Yeah. Nah. No. Nah, okay. Nah, nah, nah. No dance <laughs> song. That's getting too serious. <laughs> yeah. That's so good. That's so good, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. You got to keep it having fun. We got to remember that we're out here having fun, man. We're out here on this beautiful river. We're out here with a, a group of fun guys, and, and we're paddling. I mean, it's, it's a good place to be, you know? Yeah. I always try to remind myself when I'm out there and I'm really hurting and I'm in a lot of pain. I'm like, where, where would you rather want to be right now? Where do you want to be? You want to uh, be here. The you answer is no, this. nowhere else. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, when, when you were saying all this, like, I started hallucinating. There's no time to sleep. Taking a, shit is, taking a shit is hard. Yeah. Being is complicated and all that. A logical question would be, why do you do this? Oh man, it, it's it's enjoyable. It's hard. I, by it's, the way, I hate the question. I yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I totally understand why yeah, yeah. why would you do it, but I can I can relate to someone that asks, yeah, why would you do this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's 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 enjoyable. And it's it's very difficult to uh, remember pain exactly. So every year I get into this, and then day two I'm like, oh yeah. This sucks, <laughs> but it's it's fun to push yourself that hard. You're you're pushing yourself to your absolute breaking point, and what you think is your breaking point, you realize you can keep going through, and then you keep going, and keep growing, and you break again, and you're at the point where you're just like wanting to give up, and then you get to that bay, and you're just like, oh my god, I can't do this, and you go out and you do it, and you get to the finish line. It's it's exhilarating. Like, and then you can't believe what you just did, right? You just feel amazing. You got this. You, the, you as a team came together and you accomplished this thing, and you did it so well. Uh, and it just, I got goosebumps right now. Look oh, at that. Nice. Yeah, I see. Yeah. I actually see them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's an amazing thing. Does this help you in your, in your, <coughs> sorry, in your day-to-day -day life? I mean, I would say, yeah. It's like a, it's a good vacation. It's good for your mental health. It's good to get out. It's good to break stuff up. Uh, I mean, also, it's fun getting together with these guys and canoeing every weekend. You know, we get to go out and, you know, play some music and paddle and have a good time. And we get to do this every single weekend. We're, we're working out. We're working hard, but we're also having a good time. Uh, and then the race is just a, is a big bonus afterwards. That's amazing. Yeah. How much does it cost to participate in the race, if you don't mind me asking? The registration Roughly. for the race? Uh, I think it's like 200 bucks. Okay. That's... And, and my first year, I, I bought a uh, sit-on-top kayak for 250 bucks on Craigslist. I uh, went to, uh, I think I also got a paddle with the deal and then went and bought a life vest <laughs> and started watching YouTube videos about how these guys have their boats laid out or how they got them rigged. Uh, I went and got me some water jugs and figured out what spiz was and, and just went out there <laughs> not knowing if I was going to finish or not. But I had a lot of people going, oh, you know, you're not going to finish. Like, yeah, you go try it. It's going to be great, but you know you're going to finish. 
And that was my motivation to keep me going. Yeah. And uh, I finished my first time. 89 hours, 17 minutes. Wow. Sit on top kayak. <laughs> 89 hours. 89 hours. It was my longest ever, but I had no idea what I was doing. I, I had only done like canoe camping before with like whiskey and beer and <laughs> taking it easy and camping on the shore. And this was just a whole different thing. Uh, but I, I, I was pretty confident in my ability to do it. And if you happen to win it, do you get some money? Nope. Nothing? No, 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 no. You get, to, the, you get to hang on to a trophy for a year. Just the owner? And then you bring the it owner? back. Uh, everybody who finishes gets a patch. Nice. It's a, it's the uh, the devil and an alligator in a canoe together. It's the same design. They, it's they a patch for, for clothes or it goes on the boat? Oh, I'm sorry? It's a patch like for... Oh, for clothing. Yeah, a clothing, oh, clothing patch. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or hanging on the wall, whatever. So how is how's that finish line? Uh, what do you mean? Like describe it or... So is is there an actual line, physical line? So they, it's changed. It used to be a line, but they've moved the position in the bay to where they have it as two uh, floating buoys in the water. You're supposed to paddle through them. Um, there's construction going on at the old uh, place, I believe. And now they like this point better because we get the whole point just for the safari people. It's a little bit out of town, so it's not right there. I think it uh, where it ended last year or the previous years was just kind of in the way for the town. I'm not positive on that, but I'm is, assuming that's why I got moved. Is there a lot of people there waiting or not? We finished at sunrise, and there was maybe three, <laughs> seven, eight people there. I don't even know. Team captains, I guess. Team captains. Oh, they were so sad. They they saw the bay and what it was like and assumed that we were going to be out there for longer than we were. They went and got one hour sleep in the Airbnb and woke up, and we had just finished. So they were both literally crying and racing back like, oh my God, we're so sorry. Um, yeah, it was, a good, it was a good finish though. It was a good finish. And what is the, the go-to after you finish such a race? Do you, do you want to celebrate at all or just, yes. please, I need to sleep? Yes. Uh, we immediately open beers at, at 7 a.m. Wow. Uh, we we, I bring a uh, six-pack. Uh, we'll kind of figure out what everybody wants and then do a six-pack, keep it on ice the whole race. So we have that in our heads. We're going after getting that beer. Uh, and then when we finish, uh, we got beer. Luckily, um, uh, Austin Bowden, his uh, partner from last year was there, and he had beer for us because our team captains weren't, weren't quite there yet. So he got our first beer, then our team captains showed up with the rest of the beers, and we drank more. Um, well, I can't believe you, you drink beers and not, not go straight to sleep. Uh, I, we went back to our Airbnb. I passed out on the pool chair in the sun immediately, was woken up 30 minutes later sweating, Uh, went back inside, fell asleep again, I think on the floor. And then 30 minutes later, I was like, Hey, we got to go to the word ceremony. The word ceremony ha was happening at noon. So we, after those two short naps, went back to the word ceremony. Uh, they provide dinner for you or I'm sorry, a lunch for you. Uh, and then they give out the, the patches to everyone, announce their place, everything. Amazing environment, right? Yeah. yeah Everybody's so happy, I guess. It is. It is. It is. This year it was a very small crowd because... Everyone was out there for an extra day or so. Oh, uh, yeah. And they did it anyways. They don't wait. No, I mean it's set. It's an, it's time. You know, the the guys that finished first have been there for a day already. You know, oh, they're waiting. Okay. <laughs> yeah. What? How long did it take them? The guys. Forty hours and fifty minutes, I believe. Wow. Thirty uh, hours faster. Yeah, wow. Yeah. It's crazy. They were they were thirty hours, twenty nine hours and ten <clears throat> minutes faster than us. Wow. They was are, this a, a solo boat? Or? This is what, what I'm saying. It really just matters who's paddling. Yeah, yeah. That's what matters. <clears throat> Uh, I was a six-man, six-man boat. Six man. I believe it was like 42 or 45 foot long. Wow. Yeah. Huh? Did it's you meet crazy. them? Did you talk with them? Uh, no, I know some of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you have any international people competing in this? 
Uh, I believe so. I believe there's a Brazilian team. Um, I don't know them personally, but I've heard of them and I've seen their boat. Um, so yeah. And people usually come from all over. I think they said that there was, oh, I can't remember, 20 or 30. I, I'm, just, I'm just saying numbers. I don't know. But there's lots of states represented, lots of people everywhere. Are people doing this professionally? Uh, what do you mean? Like people that are professionals from this sport and then compete in this race? I mean, there's, I believe there's some Olympic athletes that do it. Um, there's people that compete in all different types of race. Uh, but I did, yeah, I don't know about professional. Like, what do you mean? Like getting paid to canoe or, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Do people get paid to canoe? I, I, I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> you, I mean, <laughs> not me. I mean, every, I think the tendency is to get professionalized in everything. Right, 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 right. right. I just don't know. Is there, is there like canoe racing somewhere? There's professionals. I guess in other parts of the Maybe. world, definitely, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like adventure, canoe race. Yeah. I, I'm sure like Red Bull has a team somewhere competing, sure, right? Or, right yeah. or Monster <laughs> or one of these brands that they want right, to go right, pro, right? right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. So sponsors out there. Yeah, I think, wanna, it's, I think it's just all about the adventures, you know? These, yeah. It's all about going on adventures, man. And do you, uh, actually, do you record or take any sort of camera or take pictures? I, or what I, is your approach? I usually pull my camera out, my phone out, and I'll take like a picture here and there. Uh, it's nice to have those memories, but also... When you pull your camera out and you're like, hey, guys, your guys are like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. You know, yeah. I'm like, it's going to be great. I'm showing the I took some pictures of the log jam this year because we had to, we had to get our boat out and drag it like half a mile through the woods. And I was like, this will be great. We'll take some pictures of this. It'll be it's something to remember later. What is nicer in the river, the sunset or the sunrise? Oh, man. Sunrise. Less sunrise? bugs. Less bugs. Less bugs. <laughs> Actually, how, what do you do against the sun? Do you do you have always long sleeves? I guess uh, uh, long sleeve hooded shirt. Uh, hat. I, I wear a yeah full brim hat on that uh, with the hood in it. Uh, tight pants, uh, shorts over that. Uh, you need like ankle protection and then shoes. So you're completely covered uh, and then sunglasses. And against bugs, do you, do you? They make like a little bug net thing that you can put over your head. <laughs> uh, we usually forget it. So you just you just get get them in the face. Uh, mayflies, they were bad again this year. It's only really terrible when they go up your nose. Oh, otherwise, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you'll get three or four in there. I mean, it's they can get really really bad. And you've got your light shining. It's the only way you can see, and they're attracted to it. So you'll have a hundred, two hundred mayflies just surrounding your head, wow. like almost so much you can't see. Wow. You say you can you can lose an oar. Do you take one just in case? Uh, so we had four single blades, four double blades, and then we had two backup single blades and one backup double blade this year. Did you did you lose any? I within the first mile, I just bought a brand new $380 paddle and the first mile snapped it in half. I'd only paddled this thing one mile. It snapped? Broke broke it in half. We were portaging over Rio Vista and uh, one of the guys in the boat <laughs> jumped out and the paddle shifted out the side of the boat. And he landed, or his shirt caught it, or he landed on it and snapped. Luckily, it snapped the shaft in half, so I can get a new shaft. Not a big deal. Yeah. If it would have broken the blade, it would have been a much more expensive fix. Wow. But literally paddled it one did mile. You, did you saved carry it, it? Saved it for the race. Saved it to, the, wow. <laughs> to christen it. Did you carry it in the boat or just left it there? We carried it. Uh, Until the next checkpoint? So they gave it to the team captain so we could get it fixed. I wow. believe it's about a $90 fix, so it's not the end yeah, of the world. Yeah, it's not that bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> So yeah. unlucky. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It could have been worse. It could have been worse. I was very mad. I definitely yelled some curse words and then apologized to him. I was like, I'm sorry. I just had to get that out. I'm very upset about this. 
Uh, he was too, though. It was a, it was an accident. It was an accident. What's your favorite part? Favorite part of the river from here to oh, to the end? Oh, the San Marcos, San Marcos down oh, really? to Staples, San Marcos down to Fentress. The uppers is so beautiful. Uh, it's clear. It's cool. It's just absolutely beautiful, man. You can get out uh, the canopy. You can get away from the sounds of the the cars. It's absolutely uh, just amazing. Is there a particular moment that it's like engraved in your mind? From this race, uh, you know, it was probably when I was at my weakest. Uh, is what I keep remembering. Uh, it was it was going out into the bay and be, being really worried about seeing four foot waves. I, I had one year where I sunk my boat out in the bay. Uh, I spent the entire night out in the bay, uh, just floating, and uh, it was it's terrifying. It's terrifying, terrifying to go out there in the middle of the night, you know. And so I was really worried about my boat. We, we, we forgot to test it to see if it floated or sank. We assumed it was going to float with the jug foam in there, but we didn't test it. And so I was just like, oh, man, what if it doesn't float? Oh, what are these four-foot waves? So it was, it was my lowest point, and uh, my teammates picked me up, and they're like, hey, man, we're going to go get this. You know, If it, if it sinks, we'll, we'll figure it out. Don't worry about it. Let's go. Let's finish this race up. Um, So yeah, that and then and then finishing the thing was awesome, man. It was great. That's so. Um, I ask you if, if there's a moment that it's engraved in your mind, and yeah. you kind of mentioned like a, a low one. Yeah. The the high one would be the finishing. Yeah, the high is definitely finishing. I mean, just getting across the bay too is amazing. The, dealing with the the those that height of waves and having you know the salt water splashed in your eyes and you're paddling through it. And you're just trying to fight to get to the finish line and having everybody working as a unit to stabilize the boat and propel it forward and not making any mistakes. What did you do the days after the race? Did you take days off work and, and rest? I and came recover? back to work a little bit too early. Oh. I Well, we're out there an extra day. And I was like, I'll be fine by Thursday. I, I literally came back in town Wednesday and then went back to work on Thursday. And I was not feeling good. Um, but Wh I usually, Where do you feel it more in the body? Um, it's weird. You don't really get sore. I, I don't know. I just like mental fatigue. I think, uh, it takes a couple of days for that to go away. I just feel my brain feels fuzzy. I just don't feel like my normal self, you know, because you, you've, you've slept. But I, you've aren't slept your shoulders dead? Not really. No. I think all the training kind of takes care of that, you know? Um, you get, I mean, I guess you're a little bit sore. Yeah. But which part of the body would be this, the, the one that is more sore? Uh, you always your butt, or your not butt, always, right? but usually yeah. your butt. Or usually your lower your back, maybe lower back and butt, because you're all that pressure from all the paddling is driving straight down to where you're sitting. Uh, but we'll we'll take like a massage gun after the race, and everybody gets massage gun pretty good. Uh, two years ago, we used a car buffer. It was awesome. What is that? <laughs> like a like a buffing machine to wax and buff your car, and we just put that straight on our back with a pad <laughs> on it. Oh, it was great. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Never heard that one. <laughs> yeah, I've never seen it either. Uh, yeah, I think they they found it at Burning Man or something. They're like, oh, we're gonna do this for the race. <laughs> That's so good. Oh, we're great. Nice. And then, um, did you feel like you deserved to eat a lot after the race? Yeah, that that lunch they served was awesome. Uh, But like, don't you have like an appetite for days after the race? Well, you know, it's it's. It's the same thing like saying, oh, you've been awake for 70 hours, you're going to sleep forever. But then you go to sleep for four or five hours and it's more than you had in three days. So that's all you can sleep. Uh, I eat a little bit. I, I don't feel like it's anything crazy. We'll go out and have a good meal and 
and then back to normal life. Nice. Am I am I missing something? Oh. I don't know. I don't think so. It's a lot though. I think I think uh I thank you so yeah. much. You you shared so much. Yeah, absolutely. Is there anything you would like to say to your teammates? <laughs> if they if they happen to listen this someday? Oh, fuzzy nuggets, man. Uh Oh. <laughs> uh, y'all guys are amazing. I uh, we couldn't have done it with y'all. Y'all hope to see y'all guys out on the river again. And to your captains? Oh, we couldn't have done it without y'all for sure. Y'all are amazing. Love y'all so much. Best team captains out there. Daniel, thank you so much. Absolutely, man. This no is, problem at all. I'm 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 hooked. This is amazing. I, yeah. I always I love talking about it. I want to get more people out there doing the race. Uh, I invited you out to kayak too. I've got an extra kayak if you want to come out and just just paddle around. Definitely. I yeah. don't know if you'd be able to keep up with this right away, but <laughs> come try it out. So today, for example, how much did you did you paddle? Uh, we did four and a half miles downriver, four and a half miles back upriver, and that took you more or less like three hours. No, downriver was about 35 minutes. Oh. Yeah, yeah, and then maybe maybe 40. Uh, and then we took a break. We hung out, swam for a little bit, and then we turned around and paddled back up for maybe like an hour, hour 15. Ah, okay. And then uh, I wanted to try out a new seat pad because I just got that new boat made. It's a little tippy, so I've been doing with no seat pad at all, which gets rough on the butt. Uh, so I've got this awesome pad that's about two inches thick. And I was like, all right, I've got my balance improved for me being out here for a while. So I'm going to go get this now, put it in, did another couple laps. And then, uh, but today you were solo, each one, each yes. one of you in, yeah, yeah, yeah. in your own boats. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. Nice. All right. Thank you so much. Absolutely, man. Do Thank you have you. a, do you have a song that you like that would go well with this moment? Oh man. Oh, with, oh, with the race. Oh, put me on the spot. Let's <laughs> see. Let me see. Let me see. I don't know, man. Zugma, we listen to Zugma a lot. So what what does this song represent? Wait, wait, wait. Oh, this is a song me we've just make, danced to. Make me to. feel good? Yeah, make me feel good. It's a song we dance to on the river. It's a little uh, recovery dance song or just a fun. Is, is it? Yeah. We, all, we always do a trip down the Pecos River on the spring break. And we'll go for eight days out there camping on the ground. And me and Greg will share a canoe and we play a lot of this. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna top it off with this song. We're yeah. gonna let it play. Yeah. Thank you so much once again. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed this conversation. Yeah, and absolutely. This is amazing. I mean, I really, I really, really enjoy. It. And I, I think it's an amazing adventure. I'm, I'm really happy people are willing to do this. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing. Y'all come yeah. to Zelix and talk to me. We'll, we'll talk. All, I'll tell you all about it. 